isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. These challenges uh, to state the obvious are real and significant and they are bigger than just Vancouver. They impact our entire region. All right, that's Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim standing right alongside Housing Minister Ravi Kalon over the weekend announcing new measures that are being taken to try to improve things, particularly on the downtown east side. So what does this plan entail? Well, joining us now is Ravi Kalon, BC's Minister of Housing. Thanks for being here. Good morning, Simi. Thank you for having me. Okay, tell me first about this announcement. What is it all about? Well, the, uh, the announcement was uh, uh, multi-pronged. One, we released our strategy uh, that we're going to be employing for downtown Eastside. We've been working with uh, stakeholders, um, uh, Indigenous partners, uh, the local government, federal government, on what our response plan can look like. But we haven't been waiting for the plan to come out. In fact, uh, what we've already done is opened up 140 uh, uh, shelter spaces for people, for individuals that are um, uh, unhoused, and particularly around uh, Hastings Street, uh, 90 people have already got housing. So at one point we were close to 200 people uh, on Hastings Street that needed housing. Now we're, uh, latest number I have is that there's 70 people that are still seeking housing. So we have made that significant progress, but we announced additional supports, mental health supports, an additional 330 units, which will be open by uh, end of June. Uh, about 120 every single month, 110 every single month, and uh, and and much more, uh, obviously, uh, ahead of us. Okay, so where are these people being moved into then? Is this temporary housing? Is it something where they will get those supports? Well, the folks that are in encampments, the first step is always the shelters. Uh, the shelters provide us an opportunity to bring staff there to assess people's needs, to see what kind of supports they need. Some people might need supportive housing. Some people may need uh, complex care housing, which is, uh, you know, individuals who are going to be just very uh, challenged to find uh, housing for. And then some people may just need rental supplements to be able to afford rent because some people are actually working, but they have nowhere to go. And so we assess uh, people there and then we are able to get them either into SROs, into supportive units or uh, complex care units. Okay, so we're still using SROs because we, I thought that was something that even Premier David Eby said is not ideal. Well, when you look at SROs, I think, uh, you know, obviously sometimes they get the blanket for all SROs. We have kind of three stages of SROs. We have some that are in a fairly good shape. We have some that are, uh, you know, okay. Uh, and then we have a small number that are in, in rough shape. They're very, very old, uh, and it's hard to do renovations on. And our focus has been on addressing those, that small part of the stock, that is in a real bad shape or working with CMAC, City of Vancouver, BC Housing, to figure out how we do that. Do we renovate them? Do we tear them down and start new? Those are the conversations in that small pocket of SROs. Uh, but a lot of the SROs are actually in decent shape, uh, and the new ones we're bringing on uh, are fully renovated and, uh, and obviously in, in good shape because they're newer units. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get to the question about BC Housing in a moment, but the, the 70 or so people that are still uh, down there, what are the challenges there then? Is there not enough space for them somewhere? Do they not want to uh, take up the housing that's being offered? Like, what is the challenge there? 
Well, uh, the challenge is that uh, uh, often people don't want to take the space. And right now, we have enough shelter spaces for those 70 people to get indoors. And, uh, and there's a various uh, whole host of reasons why people choose to do something and do not, uh, or not take these spaces. But what I would say to those people is that uh, given the fire situation that we've seen, uh, the fire starting uh, around downtown Eastside and the encampments, uh, the crime, we had a a report done by a not-for-profit. They interviewed 50 women. All 50 said that they had been sexually assaulted in the encampment. Uh, so it's not safe. And so we continue to urge people, take the shelter space, let us do the assessment, and when these new units are opening up, we could shift you into those new units. But the spaces are there. So the spaces are there. So then what is being done to encourage people to take them? Well, we have teams on the ground that are actually out there. They've been actually working for five, six months now, building trust, building relationships with these individuals. Uh, you know, it, it, the, the trust piece is always a challenge, and, uh, and that's what they've been doing, trying to encourage them. Like I said, 90 people have moved in, uh, and, uh, and the 70 people, we continue to encourage them to go. There's about 110 people total, so there's an additional 40 people there that refuse to talk to anybody, and, uh, and, and they can, we can't get an assessment of whether they need housing or whether they don't care uh, for housing. And, uh, but the 70 people that need it, we're working actively to move them into housing as fast as we can. So what are you gonna do? what's going to happen then with the people who are not engaging? Uh, well, that's just a very challenging situation. Uh, you know, uh, our, we've said from the beginning that our goal was to ensure that there's no encampments, that we have shelter available for people. And that continues to be our goal. The encampments are not, they're not safe for the people that are living there. They're not safe for the community at large. We've seen that with fire. We've seen that with increase in crime. And so our goal is to continue to find ways to get these people out of the encampments because for the long run, encampments are not the way we need to, to be rolling in our communities. Right. You mentioned BC Housing earlier, and I know there was some concern about this report. You said you've received this report, have you? The one that was done that an auditor took a look at BC Housing? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Last year, we had an uh, EY report, Ernest Young report, uh, done on uh, the finances uh, of BC Housing. Uh, it came out with a whole host of recommendations uh, that they felt that BC Housing needed to put in place to make sure that there was high level of accountability, that we're able to meet the, uh, the targets, that, that the ambitious targets that we've set on them. Um, part of that report uh, at the time, Premier Evie, had identified uh, some additional information. Uh, had At that point, uh, the Premier took a decision to change the board, uh, to bring in a brand new uh, uh, board overseeing BC Housing, and then also take it to the uh, Office Controller General to do a forensic audit and, and pretty much said to them, go ahead, go where you need to go with this to get the information. And, and that report has arrived to government. I received it personally, uh, read it on Monday. Uh, and uh, yeah, again, my, my opinion is that uh, I believe that report should be released as soon as possible uh, with as little redaction as possible because it's in the public interest. Okay, so that's the thing. I think a lot of people would like to hear it. I know you'd also said, though, you have to check with the people who are in the report. Like, what is your commitment to releasing as much as possible? Well, there's a legal process that we must follow that I'm committed to following uh, under the Privacy uh, Commission laws. Uh, and that process entails entities that are named for them to have the ability to uh, read it and provide comment. And, uh, and so that is the process we're going to follow uh, to, the, to, the, to the line in the book. Um, but again, I'm, 
uh, hoping that uh, this is done very soon because I think the public deserves to see what's in this report. Okay, so no real timeline then? A couple weeks? Uh, it, it's hard to give a timeline, uh, given that uh, when people uh, get this opportunity, uh, they may want to provide comments, they may not. And so it could be earlier, it could be quick, uh, longer. But uh, again, I'm hoping right. that, you know, within a month, we're able to get this out. How did you feel when you read it, though? Like, do you, do you think that there'll be more changes needed? Or, or do you feel like it's on the right track now? Like, what kind of reaction did you have? Well, I, I can't really comment on that at this point, Simi. Uh, I, all I can say is that uh, what I've said already, which is uh, it, it is, uh, I think, important for the public to see this. Uh, the Premier was clear from day one. Once he heard there was uh, some issues at BC Housing, he wanted transparency. Uh, he took action. And uh, reading the report, I understand why he took the actions and look forward to having the report uh, laid out in the public. All right. I look forward to talking to you about it, though, when that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. But in the meantime, we've got a lot of things we have to do. And and uh, like I said, the 330 units that are coming online uh, by the end of June is, is progress. And I think it's just uh, it shows that uh, when City of Vancouver, us, our not-for-profit partners work together, we can make things happen. And, uh, and, and you know, two decades of underinvestment in housing, uh, we're behind. But uh, I believe we can make that uh, catch up as uh, over the coming years. All right. Well, thanks so much for your time this morning. Yeah, thanks to me. Be safe.